the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Well, here we are. It is uh, a beautiful day here in uh, beautiful October. It's the 25th. That means we're like two months from Christmas today, folks. Uh, if you listen to this on the day that the show comes out. So that's pretty awesome. I am your host, The Bowtie Guy. We're here once again with a, uh, a show from the Mess It Up podcast just for you. Our word of the week this week, I'm going to start off with the word of the week. The word of the week is doggerel. Uh, and um, let's see, is that how she says it? Doggerel. There it is, doggerel. Uh, I had to listen to Google to have her tell me how to say doggerel. And, but it basically means verse or words that are badly written or expressed. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of funny. You know, it's uh, <laughs> me here talking into a microphone in the middle of the night saying, um, or uh, or and trying to fill spaces. So anyhow, hopefully this isn't too much doggerel. If you find doggerel, call it out and give yourself 10 points uh, of the bonus variety every time you do so that we can uh, know that you know what's going on and you're, you're filling that vocabulary. If you listen carefully, you might hear cokey frogs. That's right. I am at my daughter's house in Hawaii again. So what I've done this week is I recorded a show before I left. I recorded an interview and we're going to play that uh, in between my intro and then I'll come back at the end and do a little outro. I'm trying a new thing here with the Mess It Up podcast, trying a little bit of a, a little touch of a new format. It's not completely new, but just a different way of doing it. That way my guests didn't have to sit through all of this nonsense. But it means I have to record it a couple different times. So uh, the recording, the interview that you are going to hear was done a few days ago before I left California. And then this was done on October 25th. Uh, I guess, uh, oh wow, that's so funny. So my computer still thinks it's in California. So it thinks it's the 25th, but here in Hawaii it is the 24th. So either way we do it. We're right around two months until Christmas. So uh, I'm going to stop talking about the dates, I guess. What I do wanna talk to you about is something that is super, super exciting. Signing papers to purchase a building for Messed Up Ministries. And before you say, wow, why are you, why are you buying a building? Let me tell you why I'm buying a building. We were approached by a group that owned a building and is looking to sell the building. And they love the ministry so much that they are giving us the building. We're going to pay closing costs on it. And then we'll have to pay, uh, you know, basically uh, utilities and uh sales, not sales tax, uh, property tax annually, and then we'll have to pay for insurance. And we're gonna have to do some renovation on it. We're calling that Project Nehemiah uh, because, uh, or the Nehemiah Project. I can't remember which way I'm gonna do it. I, 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 I talked to some people and they said, oh, you should do it this way. And I can't remember which way. I'll have to talk to those people. If you've got an opinion, send it in to me. But, but we're gonna renovate this building the way Nehemiah built rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem and we're going to have a fantastic new place to do our ministry in Ridgecrest. If you are a Ridgecrestian, it is the old church right across the street from the drive through dairy uh, on the corner of Ridgecrest Boulevard in Norma. That is going to be the messed up ministries building. I really want to say, you know, because we're, you know, 
messed up ministries is mum and you know we're mummies so i want to call it like the sarcophagus or the the pyramid but i know people would probably get some angst about egyptology and all that kind of stuff so i don't want to go too crazy on you but i'm very very excited about this building we're hoping to close escrow in about 30 days so it's super exciting but what that means is we need you on board to help become nehemiah partners with us uh to give and what we're looking for is uh, recurring gifts because, you know, one-time gifts are great, but it's, it's much easier to build a budget around those recurring gifts. So if you can do $5, $10, $25, that's great. If you do $50, that's really awesome too. Um, we're trying to raise an extra $1,000 a month for this project. And that would really, it would, first of all, it would turn our budget from being upside down to being uh, financially solvent and, and in the black again, but it would make it so that we can do some great things in Ridgecrest. So we really covet that. If you want to become one of our giving partners, it's just this easy. You text the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA. MUM's the word, folks, and uh, that will take you to our text to give. You can set it up right there, and we really, really, really appreciate all of you who are doing that. Um, you can also let people know about the show, let people know about the ministry. You can check out our blog, which is called Minister of Mocha, that comes out on Mondays. Uh, but the more eyes and ears we have on this thing, the better it is. And the more donors we can get, the better that is too. So if you know people who are looking to support uh, what I think is a very worthwhile ministry, send them our way, 760-WALLS-CA, sending people into the walls of prisons in California and also putting up some new walls at the Messed Up Ministries building in Ridgecrest. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And now what I've got for you is no more doggerel, but a great interview with my friend Kyle. Uh, he's better known as Lowry. You can find him on Amazon, on YouTube, on Spotify. You can find him on Apple Music. Uh, look for Lowry, W-L-O-W-E-R-Y. He's a Christian hip-hop artist. He is working on some new music, which he's going to talk to you about. Uh, so we've got a new album, hopefully dropping in the spring. But uh, it was great to catch up with him. And we talked a little bit about songwriting process and some other things. But rather than me retelling what we're going to talk about, I'm just going to give you my interview with Lowry. All right, guys. Uh, we're welcoming back to the show. Uh, Lowry, Kyle, welcome back. Yeah, thanks so much, Paul. Glad to be back, man. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, we we've been talking to some various uh, artists about writing music and their process, their influences, and how it looks for doing music and whatnot. And uh, I knew when I started doing that that I wanted to have you on as well. So, um, when you when you look at your writing process, do you have any sort of a a set process or a standard way of approaching when you go into writing or do you just do it when you do it and how you do it? Yeah, I think over the years, it's definitely been a, a learning process of figuring out the best way to write or what, what works best for me. I don't think there's going to be a cookie cutter answer for each artist. I think everybody's got to kind of find their rhythm and what works for them. For me, um, I used to write things down on a piece of paper, you know, I'd have one of those notebooks and, wow. uh, 
you know, just be writing all the time and be my book of rhymes or whatnot, you know, kind of piece things together. And that was not the most efficient way for me to continually be creative. Um, my mind, sometimes it feels like it's going a thousand miles in a 55. <laughs> and, and so it's tough to catch all the things that I want to maybe put into a song. And so the most creative and productive that I've been creatively has been a method where I will have a beat sent to me. Um, I'll put the headphones on, I'll hit record and I'll just have that beat on loop. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm, then I just start rapping whatever hits me first. And it's kind of this method of allowing the beat to move you and kind of listen when the beat speaks, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and then being brave enough to creatively follow wherever that rabbit hole may go. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I've seen myself like second guess that rabbit hole at first, but if I'm brave enough to, to continue down it more often than not, I can trace the trail back and be like, okay, that was a really good decision that I stayed with that train of thought. Um, and it might be a word that hits me first. It might be um a line or two that rhymes um that kind of sets the whole rhyme scheme up for the rest of the song um sometimes it's a it's a chorus and all of a sudden i have a, a simple melody and a chorus and then i can build from that but for me what's what's cool about rap music is there's a lot of words you're working with and there's a lot that you're trying to get into a song and you got to whittle a lot of it down mm -hmm. um you've so this method for me of continually rapping over the beat, and then what I do is after I get done with the beat, I'll kind of pause it, I'll play it back, and then I'll delete the sections that I'm like, no, that's that's trash, that's not going to work. Um, but then I'll hone in on the sections where I'm like, wow, for this eight lines, if I just polish that up, that's actually going to sound really good. Um, and then I just continue that process until there's a song. And what's crazy is there's been a few, a handful of times where it will take me about just an, a two hour window. And I, I go in with no song and I come out with a song um, because I have that efficiency that's happening in that kind of, I call it like fluid thought approach. Yeah. Um, what's so what's like, what's the longest it would take you to i mean like can you can you start on a song put it down and then come back a week or two later or do you have to once you start on do you have to get that song done yeah no it's it's not a hard rule of that where if i'm in that zone it, it doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to get it done in that window it's not like i have to stay in there um i do try to stay there as long as i can but there there comes a point of I would even say like diminishing returns where it's like, okay, I've kind of stretched this session out as, as, as much as it's going to go today, or maybe I'm crutch for time. Maybe that's the constraint, you know? Um, so there's definitely been times where the puzzle pieces will show up over weeks or months and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of grabbing them together and, Hey, what was that idea? Maybe I should do it this way this time. Or, what would happen if I tried that over this beat, you know? And okay. I, yeah. I think having the bravery to also edit yourself and just be brutally 
dedicated to making the song what it needs to be and don't get too attached sometimes I think artists get too attached emotionally or they're like well I made this you know and it's like okay it's good but it's not what it should be yeah and so yeah just kind of trying to figure out what your compass is like how do you know when it's when it is what it's supposed to be right now as you're going through and just doing that that fluid thought Let's say you go back and you listen to something. It's like, oh, wow, this was a great little nugget here. But it doesn't really fit with this song. Will you store that away later to put with another song? Yeah, I started that process pretty young in life. Um, my mom chuckled at it when I, I showed her. I was probably a teenager. She's like, what's that, Paige? And I'm like, oh, that's scrap rap. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, what's that? I'm like, well, I'm scrapping it right now, but I might pull it off the shelf for later. Okay. Um, so I kind of have that. And I'm not the most organized person in the world um, by any means. So that's also kind of a, an obstacle is try to find a way to stay organized. But I'll have a few notes in my phone that'll be labeled scrap rap or lyrics or whatnot. And those mm -hmm. are just an archive of like segments that just haven't made the cut yet. Right. And I, I think that's cool too, because it keeps your hope alive as an artist. You're like, Hey, you know, maybe not today, but maybe this will work in the future. Okay. Um, so I would also give that advice to anyone writing is don't give up on ideas, like write them down, store them. Those are your ideas. And maybe, maybe it's just like a, a small idea at the moment, but maybe you'll expand on it later. And you said you'll start with a beat listening to it. How long will you spend with a beat trying to figure out what the beat is saying before you try to figure out what the lyrics are saying? That one's a little tricky. I mean, most times if I hear a beat and it's, I mean, it's just one of those beats where you're like, wow, this is really, it's hitting me like immediately that's a huge sign that it's like, okay, this beat is speaking at the moment. I'll give you an example. Like if I get sent a very like minor key where the beat is like piano and some strings and it's a little more vibey, but it's kind of dark. And let's say I'm having a fantastic day and I'm like really happy. That beat might not say much to me on that day. Mm -hmm. But if, if that beat hits me on a day where life is, is, tough and hard to navigate my emotions are all kind of wonky and i need a place to kind of release those emotions to that's when the stars kind of align in that sense okay um, so I, I i would say more than likely pretty immediately like i it will hit me um and um but again if it doesn't that doesn't mean it won't hit me on another occasion if that right. makes sense so is it more more likely for you to have beats stored up waiting for for uh, lyrics to mesh or lyrics waiting for a beat? Probably beats stacking up. Um, yeah, it's uh, I don't really subscribe to the idea where where rappers will say, you know, this is the prideful side of like hip hop and rappers where they're like, oh, like I'll, I'll never be. Like, I'll never be outdone by a beat maker. Like, I can tackle any beat, you know, give me anything and I'll rap over it, blah, blah, blah. And that might be all good and well. Like, you might be able to, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> you know, 
like, okay, I can technically rap on this beat, but is anybody ever going to want to hear it or is right. it going to, you know, substantial? And so I've learned over time, don't force, don't force a, what is it? Like a circle peg into a square hole. Like you can't, yeah, you can't force it. And so, and honestly, it's kind of this reverse engineering method where when you hear a song that's phenomenal, regardless of the genre, I think one of the best signs of a, a phenomenal song is it sounds effortless. It sounds mm -hmm. very natural. It sounds like, oh, wow, this is complete. It's cohesive. It, it, it just feels right, you know? Um, the same should be true, I think, for great songs that you write, where if you feel like you're kind of forcing it and it's just not clicking, um, it might be time to kind of shift gears. Now, that's also tricky, though, Paul, because you want to push through some of those times, you know, like it's right. It's not like don't let comfort don't let comfort be your comfort compass by any means. There's definitely the grind factor of like, no, like, let's keep pushing. Let's keep believing this is going to work out. But I think as far as a rapper, there are some beats that fit me a lot better than other beats and I might want to jump on another beat but I got to kind of understand maybe I'm not really going to shine as much on those beats but I'll really shine on this style of beat right if, if that makes sense yeah well and I'm thinking as, as I look at um writing my books I have a, a list that I just keep online and, and when ideas come to me I'll just pop it in there I was like okay here's another book and I'll just I'll I'll have a title and then what the theme is. And then I go back. And uh, when I started this third book that I'm working on, I just looked at all my lists and I just kind of molded over and let it see and, and tried to see which one was speaking to me at that point. And I've never had as much difficulty writing a book as I have with this one, because I just keep on, I know it's there, keep yeah. on looking at it. And it's, it's like, you know, the, the sculptor with a, a piece of marble. I know. Yep that that sculpture's in there. I've just, I'm trying to find it. And um, it's been difficult. And for me, luckily, you know, writing a book is a bigger project. So I can, what I've been doing this time, which is very peculiar to me is I've just been writing a little bit of this chapter, then a little bit of this chapter, instead of writing straight through, which I've done on all my previous stuff. Um, but it's, I know it's the one that I need to be doing. So I've been, I, I've just been, I feel like, you know, Jacob wrestling with God all night long on this book. It's been, you know, months now, but it's, it's that, that idea. And I love what you said about don't let comfort be your compass. That's, that's a great um, lesson because otherwise we just, we quit when it gets difficult. And yeah. most of the beautiful stuff is difficult to get to, um, you know, it, mediocre yeah. stuff is, is right there on the shelves. It's but, easy. Yeah, the difficult the, the good stuff is is harder to find. Well, and 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 the things that are built to last, you know, if if you're just trying to make bubblegum music and just get things out there for like a two minute song and everybody's gonna go do to do, okay, that was a cool <laughs> song. You're gonna reap what you sow, you know. And right and, and I love that analogy with your book. I think that's a great approach, is you might wake up and you're you're in your third chapter mode, you know, yeah. like, and you don't know what those different modes are until it's all together. 
but you do kind of have to follow that. If you're, if, if one thought is really lighting up your board, run full speed with it, you know, and that's a good idea where like, if you know, like you said, I like what you said, where, you know, it's there, you know, it's what you should be working on. If you know that, then if it gets hard, you're like, well, I, I know I'm supposed to be here. So regardless of how hard it is, yeah, is here, you know, and that's where it kind of becomes fun. Then it's like the hunt. Then yes. it's like you're, you're pursuing something. What I'm getting at is like, if you're just getting flatlined by, by like an idea or a beat yeah. and you're like, there is seriously no pulse here. There's nothing. <laughs> then I would give you a little leeway where if you sit with that long enough and you're like, I would cut yourself a little slack and have some grace and be like, you know what? Maybe today's just not the day I write this song. Let's try yeah. this. Yeah. But, but stay in there and keep wrestling. Like you said, I think that's a beautiful that I relate to that hundred percent, Paul, where wrestling with God, um, probably the hardest song that I've written, um, was I wrote a song after, um, I, I went through a divorce. So I've, I've been through a divorce and I knew in my heart, Lord, I'm not going to heal from this quickly. And I, I also know that I'm not going to be able to heal personally as a, as a Christian, as a man, and as an artist until I'm able to write a song that kind of therapeutically gets me through in all of these emotions and everything I'm feeling. And I remember trying my hardest to write that song because I wanted to get out. I wanted to be able to press the song, put it out and be like, I made it through <laughs> you know, this, but I didn't. It took me seven months um, from like signing the papers until I was able to pen that song. And the songs I wrote beforehand were trash because they were not, <laughs> they were very aggressive and mean and, and gnarly and not good but they were, I think they were necessary to get that out of my system and to discard it and bring it to God. Um, so that song is called ghost and it's on my, on my album from 2018. Um, it's off an album called Mariposa. Mm -hmm. So that's further into the archives, but that song ghost was a product of wrestling for about seven months. And I distinctly remember the night where finally I was trying to go to bed and I just felt like a prompting on my heart, like sit down and, and try to write to this real quick. And in that one session, I turned the lamp on, I wrote the whole song and it was, it was a done deal. Wow. And yeah. And that was such a pivotal moment for me. Cause for me as an artist, I believe like the Lord definitely knows, all right, Kyle's going to need to, he, he's going <laughs> to, by like getting a song out you know right so but man that, had... that is that's that's such a healing thing you know writing um and and just getting stuff out you don't have to you know do anything with it i mean when it when when a surgeon goes in and, and takes out an appendix he doesn't take it out and then do something with it he's just getting it out and and yeah. sometimes we have to do that with getting our thoughts or our ideas or concepts or whatever just getting it out provides for me, a lot of healing. And I've done a lot of, you know, just garbage writing, which is as a writer, um, thankfully, I don't have to wait around for music or a beat or anything like that. A lot of times I just have, I have several different blogs that I put out and just every once in a while, like maybe every six months, I'll just write to this blog. And it's just basically me 
just having a place where I can put it out. And if somebody stumbles on it, great. But that's not the idea. The idea is just once I write it now, I feel a lot better um, and I can can get that out. And a lot of stuff I'll have an idea. It's like, well, that's a blog idea. That's not a book. OK, that one. And uh, and I love that, you know, just getting it out and seeing what happens with it. And I, I mean, maybe they look at the appendix. and They say, well, we'll we'll put some lacquer on this and turn it into a necklace. But probably not. <laughs> yeah, they had um, two artists come to my mind, two rappers that I, I listen to. One's a Christian. One one does more mainstream I'd say secular rap, but both of them shared a very interesting thing. They both said that early on in their careers, when they were not famous at all, um, their songs weren't even songs they were meaning to really release to anyone. And it was kind of just them and God, them and, and releasing songs, whether anybody heard it or not. And I mean, definitely to relate to people, like some of these artists were saying like, man, that's the most honest I would be because I wouldn't show that stuff to my friends in my personal life. Yeah. Opened up with music. Um, and then obviously when those types of songs hit the airwaves, people totally relate to it because it's speaking to them as well. Um, so I would just, my biggest advice to people these days with music and writing, whether you do music or writing books is do what you're doing is, is show up. You have to show yeah. up. I always tell artists, I'm like, I've never regretted hitting the red button. Like I've never regretted pushing record um, in my day because either I spend time and I, I get some exercise in and I, I learn, I sharpen my delivery or my thought process. Maybe I write a bunch of garbage and I get that out of my system, like you said, mm -hmm. or I strike gold and I walk away with some really great content. Either way, it's going to benefit the process because it will be progress. It might be messy progress, but it's progress. Yeah. And I think people, creatives can probably get pretty downcast. I know I have. Like, if, if you're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish in every session, you need to kind of redefine what success of a session looks like, you know? Right. Yeah. You and know, it's, I know that, you know, athletes spend way more time on the practice field than in front of a crowd. You know, a marathon runner puts in way more miles getting ready for a marathon than they do in the marathon. And um, nobody really gets to see that. Uh, and and I have to understand that that's, that's what it's like creating stuff is sometimes you just have to see what looks right and maybe look at it from a different angle and, and come back later. I think that's a perfect analogy. I, I'm not a big sports player, but I love sports analogies. They really make sense to me. And yeah, I've heard that very often where championships are won in preseason. Yeah. That I love quote because you think about like football, there's only 16 games and then the playoffs so it's like you don't have time to get better, in, yeah. you know, too much. You know, you have time yeah. to adapt, but you're not going to make leaps and bounds progress um, than if you were to spend, you know, all that time in the gym prior. And so the season is almost just the reveal. You know, it's almost like, OK, yeah. who, was, <laughs> who was putting in work and who was not? We're going to find out now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, speaking of putting in work, uh, 
in in 2020 you released an album uh all smoke uh fire no smoke volume two and it has a song on it called sleepy hollow so since it's uh halloween here time we're gonna use this as our song of the week so we're gonna give about 90 seconds to the people of this song we'll be back on the other side to talk about it so right now here's lowry with uh sleepy hollow lane and lowry jordan pippen i'm your tour guide y'all tripping instead of headphones Here's some mittens. Hold every flow, man, they're stone cold frigid. You can stay hard, but you'll pay like the meter. Going back and forth, then you totter, then you teeter. Latina girlfriend said, give it up, trying to please her. Anything for Salinas. I, I, I've been there before, so I can really speak on it. My dream became a nightmare, I put some meek on it. Killing acapellas, blame, put a beat on it. Got no fear like Shakespeare, so get your free on it. They told us we off, but I know that we on it. We've been ill like 10 pills, you know that we vomit. Been stiller than pillars, that's how we're responding. And parents are scared since their kids leave comments. YouTube is voodoo, these kids have to have it. We dangle their iPhones, they reach out and grab it. That magic is tragic, new world like Aladdin. They're downloading sadness and parents are lagging. All fire, no smoke, this is more than a motto. I know that the act that we left hard to follow. We became the storm the day after tomorrow. The world looking scary, they're sleepy like hollow. Can't stop me, keep creed like Apollo My drive is alive, my tank is full throttle I put down the bottle, that life is too hollow They say my name wrong like tomato, tomato They got high, then broke down, I guess that's a pothole I think we should read, but that thought is too novel Because then our ego would have to go So there you go, uh, Sleepy Hollow Kyle, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that song, how it came to be uh and and whatnot and i noticed that song came out in 2020 was this a pre-covid or during covid uh adventure um it would have been uh during covid um with the the beats i was working with at the time um yeah so when i was in elementary school um i've never been a fan of like scary movies but my neighbors, uh, Ian and Julian, they love scary movies. They love the Blair Witch Project. They loved all those. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, how are you guys watching those movies at that age? But beside the point, um, the one movie they wanted us to watch, my brother and I, they wanted us to watch Sleepy Hollow, like the Headless Horseman, all that. And I never did, but I remember seeing like clips of it and the Headless Horseman, like going through the 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 town and just it was a scary image that's just always kind of been in my mind and then I started thinking about the scary state of the world and just how scary things are getting if you don't have peace if you don't know God if you don't have any solution to the problems that we're facing right I mean and that's why this this the song is a little scatterbrained there's a lot there because I'm trying to touch on a lot of things where, you know, I talk about that YouTube is voodoo. These kids have to have it. We dangle their iPhones. They reach out and grab it. That magic is tragic. New world like Aladdin. Uh, and, you know, and parents are lagging. So it's like you've got these kids addicted to technology and it's spiraling. And then these parents are the ones who are like slacking and lagging and not really monitoring it. And that's just one example. But I like the idea of just this 
I heard this beat and it was scary. It was just a scary beat. There was just a lot of kind of menacing notes that I was getting. So immediately that beat was connected with that childhood memory of Sleepy Hollow and the Headless Horseman. And I'm like, that's kind of a weird, kind of crazy idea. Let's go for it. And so, and I was, I was coming into my second installment of the All Fire No Smoke trilogy. And that's why you hear me say, you know, all fire, no smoke. This is more than a motto. I know that the act that we left hard to follow because we had just put out like one album and I was, I'm like, how are we going to follow this up with more mm -hmm. songs? Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, we became the storm the day after tomorrow. That's another movie reference. Um, the world's looking scary. They're sleepy like hollow. And so the root of it is the world's asleep and it's it's just not looking light. It's looking dark out here because these people are asleep. Yeah, and I, that was what I I, I grabbed at uh, when I was writing down notes, listening to it. That people are grabbing at the wrong things. That we're we're our our attention, our eyes off the ball. And yeah. I, I also, by the way, love the uh, the Pippin reference because you know oh, yeah. my last name is Pippin, so I, I I made a note of that. Good job for that one there. Nice. Um, so earlier you had talked about listening to a beat. And as I was, I was listening to that song, I was like trying to hear that. And there's a couple of different things going on with that beat there where it kind of changes and whatnot. For you, when you're looking at a beat, are you typically getting stuff like a, a 16 bar loop or how, what kind of stuff do you like to work with when you're doing your, your songwriting? Yeah, I always will tell my, see the musical side, I've always worked with producer friends, people who are very musically talented, they make beats, they mix songs, they master songs. So my friend uh, Blaine and my friend Cade were the, the dynamic duo that helped bring that beat and that production and the post-production to life. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was one third of that song. And so I will just text them and tell them, hey, you know, I love this, this beat. Just give me room to run is kind of like the, and, and then what they can easily do in post-production is, Oh, we gave him 24 bars, but he wrote a 16 bar, okay. you know, and, and we'll just clip, clip it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll send them like the edits or whatnot. And then those like dropouts and those pauses and, and the dubs, all those types of things, the ad libs, that's all the post-production magic that producers are capable of that we don't really, I don't really think about as much when I'm writing. Mm -hmm. I, I bring them the raw vocals and they'll be like, Hey, do you want to do some ad libs, some backing vocals, da da da. So then they'll get a, they'll get like a tracked out layered thing of, okay, here are his verses, the chorus, and then all of those extra bells and whistles. And then we just communicate on what's cool and what's not. Um, yeah so there's definitely stages to it for sure who gets final right of refusal at the end and saying all right this is done is it is it do you give that to your producer or do you keep it as the name or what who who is the final one that says okay this yep we're, we're gonna do it this way thankfully for us when we were working on it you know there's three of us i don't really recall too many times where we we really disagreed much but i think that's because on the front end we squashed our egos mm. and we just said, look, all of us are really creative. 
everyone's got something to offer. So bring your ideas in. And then as a group, we'll kind of discuss, Hey, I see what you're trying to do there, but that, I don't think that works. And if there's a consensus and there typically was, but I, I think that's because we didn't have the ego and we were all three friends working on stuff. Yeah. And we're not going to like, we're okay. Like not dying on certain Hills. I can imagine if you had really stubborn personalities, like this is my project. It wasn't my project. It was something that the three of us were collaboratively doing. Yeah. So I think that's important is make sure that chemistry of with who you're working with. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a business, strictly business thing, um, it, it might be tougher because yeah, you're going to be kind of at the mercy of them. But as a rap artist, I love relying on the creative output of my producers that I'm working with. So they've always loved that because I give them full, full reign. I'm like, look, if you see or hear something that you creatively think is going to be better than what I brought, or you want to add stuff by all means, like fire away, you know, yeah. um, where you might have other artists that are a little more hands-on or, or strict in that regard. Losing the ego is, is a, really critical because i've i've you know played uh and worship teams or in bands with people and you get someone who's really precious about what they're doing and it's just like all right you're a really good musician but you're there's a guy that i used to play with and and i don't invite him anymore even though he's an outstanding musician he's just too difficult to work with because you don't work with him yeah um, you know he lets you play what you know with him and i'm like I don't have time for that kind of nonsense. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm here to have fun, not to yeah. want to stab myself in the face. And, and, and that's the thing is uh, I've always been grateful that as an artist who does rap music, it's, I've always, I haven't envied what like bands have to face where you have four personalities constantly, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, no wonder like bands break up and, this or that like i do have a team i'm not self-sufficient um but i i do think i've been able to kind of choose more so like i guess like i don't know i think rap is just a little different at least the way i'm doing it where i'm totally content just being the writer and the vocal and then all the other stuff as long as it makes the song cool yeah you know um but I would even say this, if if you're in a creative circle and you want to be heard and you want your stuff to be used, just be really dope. Just be yeah. really good. Yeah. Because then, then it's undeniable and they, they're going to pick you because you brought the coolest thing to the table. Yeah. Yeah. The good idea should win. Exactly. And, and I think for me, I had, once I learned that, cause I wasn't always that way. And, and there, there are still times where if you do get really attached to an idea, it's sometimes you're white knuckling it and you're like, I don't want to let this go. Um, Cause we are very emotional as artists and we invest ourselves so deeply. That's kind of the nature of the beast, but you got to be able to detach. Um, but I tell you, Paul, one of our guys in that group that we had, we had one song in particular that with just two of us working on it, it was maybe like the 16th best song out of like the 24 that we had after this one dude got his hands on it. 
I don't know what magic he did, but it made the top three after yeah. his whatever wizardry he brought to the table. Yeah. So that's what's cool about creativity is, you know, it's it's kind of like in sports where sometimes one dude just goes off for 50 points and you just got to keep giving him the ball that night. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're willing to work with that, you get to be there when that happens. Exactly. You reap the benefits of them being his own. Yeah. So you said earlier that you're, uh, you're, you're working on some new stuff. Um, how far along in the process are you on, on your, your new stuff? Yeah. So I've kind of broken it down into three stages, writing lyrics, editing lyrics, and then recording lyrics. Um, I have finished the the writing lyric stage, which is that's the most fun for me, but also the most time consuming and the most unpredictable. So I'm so grateful that um, I have a producer friend who is from uh, the UK and I met him through a friend here in Nashville. Um, but he had seven beats that he was trying to see some artists use. So we worked out a collaborative agreement and he's like, Hey, here, here they are. And I just got to writing and all of them spoke to me and was able to attach a, a theme and, and then write lyrics to all of them. So that's been a huge blessing to kind of be back in it. And because my first year or so in Nashville, my attention had to be elsewhere in, in quite a substantial way. Like I was getting married I was in a new city. Um, I was working a brand new job. And I, I honestly, I didn't have a lot of inspiration to write. And so it's almost a year plus of like writer's block for me where mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't tap in. Um, so I'm very excited. And my wife was listening to some of my songs that I've written that are new. And she's hilariously like, a very critical music person. And so I tease her that she's here to keep me humble. <laughs> um, but she was saying that the beat choices that I've made really fit like my strengths as a rap artist. Um, so I'm very excited to start editing the lyrics. That's a little more of the tedious side of it, but very and important. When can we look forward to some new, uh, new stuff from you? Yeah, I, I think realistically early next year in 2023, I think after the holidays, I, I think I will definitely have my home studio stuff set up enough to where I can, I just need to be able to hammer out demos. And then uh, my friend Ryan in town uh, will, will more than likely do my final recordings. Um, he's the one that's got the real fancy yeah. studio equipment. So Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your, uh, the inside look at your brain and, uh, opening up your process to us a little bit. Um, we look forward to the new stuff. Any, any idea what this one's going to be called? This is not going to be part of the, the all smoke, no fire, totally different, uh, direction or. Yeah. Very, very different. If it's a, if it's a galaxy of albums, you know, this is a different planet kind of a thing where I've honed in on, on a certain style and a, a certain like texture of beat and like all the beats are going to kind of be branches from the same tree, if you will. And um, 
musically the uh the title um i i've been really set on this like western this is so funny but i really love the movie tombstone and in particular i love val kilmer's character doc holiday um in that movie and i love his his swagger where he's got just such confidence in what he's been given and you know he's he's always up for the task and that's why you have the famous line i'm your huckleberry yeah and so i've been inspired by that movie and been drawing from that and putting it into this project and i thought about the idea of a lot of people have like paralysis by analysis where creatively and even as christians we are just so in our heads we're just we're either planning too much so I kind of had this idea of like a sniper versus like a cowboy and a sniper can get that paralysis by analysis. I don't have the perfect shot. So maybe they never pull the trigger on sharing their faith or recording an album, but cowboys like doc holiday in that movie, just say when, you know, like yeah. it doesn't. Matter. And so I had this idea of calling the album shooting from the hip. Okay. And then I took it a layer deeper. Um, I've seen a trend in hip hop lately where album titles have kind of been longer. Like they, they're almost making like full statements for the album. So I almost want to do a very kind of thought provoking, like question mark, like what the heck is that? I almost want to call my album um, shooting from the hope in pain so mm. it would be hip as an acronym hope in pain and i'm thinking about like first peter chapter one where you know our faith is tested by various fires and trials but we have christ as our living hope so like as christians as artists we are taking action we're shooting and and taking action with and even if we don't have a perfect approach or a perfect plan we're still taking action in the midst of pain, in the midst of trials, in the midst of an earthly existence, because we do have this hope. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's kind of a deeper. I like that, and and you know when you write out the hope and pain, you can put H O P capitalized and then a little E, so it's got the hip hop. There it is, and nice. then then release it at Easter time with the little bunny in the corner. <laughs> I love it. All right, Kyle. Well, thank you so much. Good luck on the, the rest of the project. And uh, when this comes out, we'll have you back to uh, to share some of the music. Excellent, man. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate you. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. There you go. That was my interview with Lowry. As you can tell, he's working on some new stuff. Hopefully that will be coming out in the not too distant future. We'll be looking forward to it. And like I said, we will have him back on the show once that new album drops. Uh, I want to remind you about our uh, Nehemiah project and invite you to join us financially, support the show, support the ministry, and help get that building uh, renovated. It's text the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA, and that will take you to our text to give. Make sure you keep track of all the other stuff. If you want to get a hold of me at 760-608-1942, you can send me a text or a call and we can chat things up. If you got ideas for the show, if you got song ideas, if you got word of the week ideas, I need all that stuff. Or if you just 
need someone to talk to, I'm here for you. So please uh, give me a shout. If you prefer email, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And we are just, um, we're just thrilled to be doing the things we're doing. 237 shows down, folks. We are rapidly closing in on that uh, quarter of a thousand, that 250 mark. So uh, that should be pretty exciting. Christmas is coming. The holidays are coming up. We'll have a special show for Christmas. So all kinds of cool things coming up on the Mess It Up podcast. Thanks for being here. Make sure you share with people. Put it on your social media. Put it out on those family text chains that you have, whatever it is. Let people know they should listen to the show as well. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Mahalo. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.